This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Dave. I don't know what I'm doing for this smooth and silky voice. Uh, it is Friday, the seventeenth of June. This is episode two hundred and fourteen. Damon, how's it going? Excellent day. You had a little uh, little problem with uh, scheduling. We were supposed to record yesterday, but I. I fell asleep. <laughs> My shoulder's been killing me again, as I was telling Joel, and. Um, I was, I, my sleep patterns are all fucked up. I'm, remember when I was texting you? Like it was like two o'clock in the fucking morning. Surprised nobody said it. Hey, what the fuck are you doing up? Nobody cared. Um, anywho, I was dead tired, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna rest my rest my eyes, as they say. Two hours later, I'm like, fuck, <laughs> Joel, fucking nine texts. Where the hell are you, you asshole? I was. I did not. I would never. You foul language. I felt bad. <laughs> but I felt bad. I felt bad. And then I texted him like I was like all apologetic and I didn't hear from him. I'm like, oh, he's fucking pissed off. Man. I was driving. I was driving to school. Nice. Bangkok traffic has gone mental. It took me an hour to get to work the other day. Yeah? Yeah. God. Why is that? What's going on? I don't know. It's just it's just inexplicably my, my commute got much more hostile and the next day I left. 10 minutes earlier. Why the fuck am I talking about my <laughs> traffic and my drive to work? No one cares. I want to know. I want to know. I don't care about anybody else. I, I want to know. And then yesterday I left even earlier um, and got to school about 20 minutes before the classes are supposed well, before Esther's allowed to go to class. So I had to let her run around in my classroom. She's grabbing all the students' stuff and oh. <laughs> absolutely running right in there. It was a good time. I, t- I cannot wait for my summer holiday, David. It is. It's been a long one. I, I bet. I bet. Where, where would you put this? No, you know, I'm not even going to ask. I'm not going to get you in any trouble. I'm not going to get you in any trouble. But uh, yeah, and then the uh, little one hurt her lip, right? That's, yeah, that's, she uh, fell over on Sunday, smacked her bottom lip against some stone steps. She needed to go oof. and get nine stitches. Which Nine? Was, yeah. You said that's a couple. Traumatic. Yeah, it was. Uh, she's she's a little trooper. She's okay, but oh, do they novocaine her or do they just wrap it up? Uh, injected her with some local anesthetic, but of course they had to wrap her in you know those sort of big velcro blankets to make sure she stays still. Doesn't wiggle, yeah. and she screams so much she's strained her voice and she's got a little husky voice now. She sounds like Honda. <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh, what a fucking week you have, man. That sucks. Oh, wow. Well, she's got her first battle scar. She's got her first... Uh, yeah, it's part you know. of growing up, isn't it? It's, it's not it like, is. oh, how did I let this happen? I mean, Arthur's crawling now so quickly, and Esther is not... And what I was hoping is that the age difference between them would be thus, that by the time Arthur started moving around, Esther would be old enough to keep herself out of danger. That's not happened. They <laughs> <laughs> managed to hit that sweet spot where they're both constantly trying to kill themselves. So, oh, um, it's it's like the, I don't know. Are you familiar with the video game Lemmings? Where you have to, no, stop, you know, no, the lemmings are walking towards the edge of a cliff, and you've got to 
put sort of obstacles and barriers in the way to save them. It's like that, but real life. I've got two little lemmings running around and I'm just constantly chasing after them, uh, trying to keep them safe. That's my life. Oh my goodness. How do you, I mean, I was about to say, how do you sleep at night? But yeah, you're probably fucking exhausted. You probably sleep like a baby. No, because Arthur wakes up like every hour demanding milk because he's a a little greedy, I could use a, a rude word to describe my son there, but He's he's got an appetite on him. I'll tell you that. He does. I mean, he's a big boy. He is. He's, he's built a... like he, he's built like Tomohiro Ishii. Like he's got he the really exact is. same body shape. He's like yeah. a little square. <laughs> he's a fucking big potato. Is what he's he not is. fat. He's not particularly <laughs> no. chubby. He's just like really chunky and heavy. Yeah, thick with with, yes. the, with two C's, as the kids would say. Oh my lord, you got it going on over there, man. I'm telling you, you you're living the fucking life. I don't care what anybody says. I say we just do two hours of this because guess what? It ain't going to get any <laughs> fucking better with us talking about Forbidden Door. <laughs> oh, yeah. All okay, right. Let's get into it. Infinite Toilet says, at Forbidden Door, do we get a big Kaz XL and Enzo shoot running? Maybe shoot on FTR and not tell the boys in the match what's up. Yeah, I mean, that's what, why not do that for old time's sake? Uh, FD says, oh, uh, no, FD is Forbidden Door. Uh, Frank says, uh, here are three who I'm desperate to see at Forbidden Door. Hiromu, Desperado, and of course, Honmania. If all goes well, Honmania will run wild on Chicago. I think we'll have a chance to see Hiromu and Despi. Would be odd to leave them out of such a big show. So, um, you'll be happy. I'm sure we'll get both of those people. I mean, obviously, Despi turned up on uh, Dynamite yesterday. We will be seeing El Desperado. I am yep. certain Hiromu will be there as well. I mean, I put... Are we allowed to talk about the, the list of names that we've seen? Or, or yeah, I think we can like... at this point because yes, yes, I think we can because we've had we've had multiple people tell us the same thing, and you know half of the people are already fucking showing up. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, we're, let's do it. Uh, the, yeah. you know this is and this is fluid, by the way. I mean, this is from what we the latest the latest lineup that we got. Uh, so uh, we don't know matches. But we we have a, I, I would say a very good idea of who's going. So yeah, I mean, the Most usual suspects. Names, that, oh, yeah, people that have already sort of turned up on dynamite at this point. So it's not exactly breaking news. But uh, who we got here? Osprey, Tanahashi, uh, Jeff Cole, Great Khan, Rocky Romero, Desperado, Jay White, Zack Saber Jr., Minoru Suzuki, El Fantasmo, Ishii, Yoshihashi, Goto, uh, Shingo, and Hiromu uh, should. Be making an appearance, uh, Kanemaru and Juice Robinson, which you know, I think that's a, a pretty solid lineup of talent to be appearing on this show, but notable by the absences of certain names, the not least of being Kazuchika Okada. And we don't know if that's just an oversight because he was all over the promotional material and he's been heavily teased. The, the wrestlers on Dynamite have been talking about him. So um, we are not giving you this list saying, oh, God, it's definitely out. However, Adam Cole did say last night, Okada's oh, not coming. Some people have responded to that saying, oh, it's a heel. If the heel is saying that, that means he definitely is going to be there. I don't know about that. I yeah. don't know that. At the moment, I am doubtful that Okada's being booked on this show. I think, you know, we're, what, 10 days out? If you have Okada for your show, you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest New Japan star, I think you would have promoted that by now, personally. Correct. Um, no Naito as well. So anyone who's hoping to see him may be disappointed. How are we feeling about Okada? Are you leaning towards him being in or out? Out. 
I mean, according to the the, the people that we speak to, not to, we were told not to expect him. Um, now, could that be a, a secret? Again, I highly doubt it because why would you do that? That makes zero sense. Um, secondly, uh, the way this, this, this angle went last night, I actually watched their show. I watched Dynamite. Um, you know, Adam Cole, you know, basically said, okay, he's not going to be there. Um, and the way that Adam Page kind of started his promo, it was kind of like, eh, I'm a fucking dumbass. I didn't really take into consideration that, you know, Okada might lose. And Jay White you know, would be a champion and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I want to challenge Jay White. And lo and behold, Jay White shows up um, and uh, lays out uh, Adam Page. And Anne says that you're not at Adam Cole. You're not getting a shot either. So this, I got to be honest with you, this screams to me three-way, right? Doesn't it? Doesn't it to you? Scream three-way? Um, <laughs> I'm struggling to think of matches that could interest me less than one, a three-way, and two, a three-way involving Adam Cole, baby. Most, yep. So again, I don't know. I, we don't know matches, but... Um, I, I have heard, actually, I've heard some whispers that uh, there might be a different opponent lined up for Jay White, who has not yeah. been discussed yet. Do I, I know? I don't know if this person is the same person I'm thinking of, who would be a very big name that people would be really excited about, who I thought was injured, but may have made a recovery, and plenty of built-in Bullet Club leadership storylines, if you get Catch oh. My Drift. Uh, really, so I to, to be fair, right? This we were told from Jump Street that Forbidden Door was an AEW show with New Japan talent, right? This this is this is a Tony Khan show where New Japan has said, "Yeah, you can use our guys." Is that fair to say? I yes, I don't yes. think this is not you know like the, the New Japan booking committee, Ghetto and the lads getting around the table with Tony Khan to hash out all these storylines. This is this is a show. So far, that is giving me the impression that it's been booked by Tony Khan and he's allowed to use New Japan talent for it. So with that being said, um, he, I think, has built up enough uh, cachet and, and trust with the fan base where I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm not going to completely shit on Forbidden Door and say, oh, this is irredeemable trash. I will wait and see the matches when they're announced before I... I make a conclusive judgment on it but so far it does feel pretty messy and chaotic doesn't it it sure does i mean when you got jericho in the ring with with, with a beat down going down with 700 people in the ring and he's trying to explain why all these people were in the ring and, and who's going to be in what match that was that was chaos um pardon the pun uh, can i can you can you text me because i i didn't i didn't hear this is this uh, somebody that you got an inside scoop? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, I wouldn't say it's an inside scoop more than whispers. Oh, I'll okay. text you the name. Uh, he's t- he's typing now. Okay. Yeah, I know that. But who <laughs> <did> you <talk laughs> to? what are you asking for then? Who told me that? I want to know who told you that. Who told you that? Oh, okay. That's a. I would say that's a pretty 
reliable person, right? Right? Would, would you say that's a reliable person? Uh, yeah. Not, yeah. As, not as reliable as us, but pretty no, reliable. Certainly not. Certainly not. Okay. That's that's an, that, that, oh, by the way, anyone who, who is in our Discord and uh, prior to the announcement of the lineups of the G one names, you're welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also I will say this that if if Joel tweets out something where he f- Boy, I got a. Str- if he starts off a tweet with "Boy, I have a feeling that something," trust me, we were told, and we just were told not to tell, and we're trying to find a way <laughs> to tell everyone. <laughs> it's not. It, it, what can we do? You know what I mean? What What are we going to do? So I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Damon, how, how are we feeling about Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy? Oh, um. All right, look. I I know for a fact that the man behind the Orange Cassidy character can go. Like I feel like he can he can go. He can have a a, a very good match. The problem is is that the character's limitations on what he does in the ring. And again, people might bring up, well, he had a great match with Pac and Kenny Omega, I know, I know, and Jericho match. Okay. I would think, this is just me. If I'm going down that roster of guys who I would put in the ring with Will Ospreay, who arguably, and again, whether I say arguably, one of the better pro wrestlers today, I don't think Orange Cassidy would be in my top twenty. No, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. Like he would, he'd be near the bottom of my list of dream match opponents in AEW for Will Ospreay. And yeah, I'm sure the match will be really fun. I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, I don't watch Orange Cassidy that much. I've been told that he can go, so I'm sure when I watch this, I'll have a good time. But this is what I mean. We strayed away from dream match territory, and we're getting into. Kind, of, it feels more like a. ROH War of the World show than... Oh, my God. You nailed it. Yes. Yep. You fucking nailed it. You nailed it. Now, if what is being whispered about comes to pass, um, boy, they're waiting. They're waiting for... They're taking their sweet fucking time with that, aren't they? Number one. Number two, we still have the possibility... And I'm sure that they're waiting to make sure because they don't want to say that they're doing it and then have to cancel that due to injury. But we still have the opportunity of of Brian and Zach, right? That's still on the table, right? Yes. If Brian is healthy, do you think that's a singles match or do you think it's some sort of tag match? Here's the problem. The list of names that we have, like there's going to have to be a fuck ton of tag matches, right? It just has to be. So, I mean, you would think we're talking factions together. So you would think Hiromu and Shingo are a tag team. Um, I mean, ELP, where, where, where's ELP fitting into all well, of this? Juice is there as well. Maybe Juice and ELP could be teaming up. True. Okay, there you go. That's I forgot about Juice. And then in terms um, of Suzuki Goon, we've got we've got Zach, we've got Lance Archer, we've got Despy, we've got Suzuki. 
forgive me, I don't know ex- how many of those guys have already been announced in matches, but there's enough Suzuki Goon guys there for me to be sweating and thinking, oh, are they actually going to deliver this singles match? But it's, it well, all, all comes down to the politics, isn't it? And I just feel that these two companies are a long way away from being comfortable to put on a real dream match where you don't know who's going to win. Now, Punk versus Tanahashi, I think, was a dream match, but Correct. a safe dream match in as much as, you know, Tanahashi's Teflon. He will put anyone over and he can lose to Punk, no problems. And that was a big enough dream match that I think you put that at the top of the card, there's enough goodwill that they could fill out the rest with stuff like Osprey versus Orange Cassidy and people are not going to mind too much. But now that we've got Tanahashi versus Moxley, which, let's be honest, that was a New Japan mid-card match. That was for their mid-card title, for the US title, and now that's become the main event of this quote-unquote super show. So I think we we are, as I said, a long way away from getting pure dream matches. We're now getting into safe matches. So Zach versus Danielson, I think that is relatively safe. Zach can take the loss there. I don't think anyone from New Japan is going to be like, oh, there's no way Zach can eat a pin going into the G1. He can lose to Danielson absolutely fine. So I think that is one that they could and should put on Forbidden Door. I think so too. I, I mean, again, I can only say what is concrete at this point. Um, and the lineup right now that has been announced – I, I, I'm I'm lukewarm to right now. Again, we have a week to go, well, a little bit more than a week to go. Um, they they have to do shit <laughs> quickly. Um, c- could they do shit? Yes. It's not like they have to worry about walk up sales, right? It's not like the building is sold. Uh, it's a packed house. If if anybody is is you know if if we're trying to to, to Laid a, laid a fuse here under people's interest. It's all about pay-per-view at this point. Um, like I said, right now, I'm kind of lukewarm to this show. Ma- I'm sorry. Mox Tanahashi does nothing for me. It really doesn't do anything for me. I just yeah, think that that's, that's not a sexy main event at all. It's not. Like, and, but, and, but here's the thing. I like both of them. Obviously, I, I love Tanahashi. Um, but I just think that the style is, is, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, they're professionals and they're, they're, you know, one of them is arguably the greatest pro wrestler of all time. So could, 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 if I, if I trust anybody, I got to put my trust in that. I just don't, I see the, the mix not being a good mix. I, I just don't, but again, we're speculating. I, I, I feel like if I speculate, though, I've, I, I've been disappointed so far. And again, they had a dream match on the on the on the books that they had to tell, to scrap. That's that's fair. We got to give them credit for it. Other than that, right now, you're right. This feels like War of the Worlds. It really does. It feels like we need to put on silly tag matches to squeeze people in on the show. Let me ask you. Let me just say this. I'm just going to say it right now. It is preposterous to me. I understand that he might have be having a child uh, soon. I understand. The fact that Okada is, is, as of right now, not on this fucking show, is insane to me. The fact that Naito is nowhere to be found on this show is insanity 
they've had how long to fucking sort this all out? It, it feels like New Japan got a phone call and said, hey, we got a show in two, in two weeks. And they were completely blindsided by it. And they're just fucking shoveling shit in as quickly right. as they possibly can. Yeah, I mean, you get that impression from the the hasty way that the Tanahashi Goto match was announced and this sort of impromptu tournament that they've announced for the Row 2 shows for this All-Atlantic Championship. It does not feel like these are two companies that are on the same page and well-organized and well-booked. I've got this little head cannon where they've said to Naito, oh, do you want to be on the show, Tetsuya? And then he sits down, watches an episode of Dynamite, and then goes, adios, and walks out of the room. <laughs> yeah. And, and and speaking of adios, we can't use a lot of other talent because of dumb yes. political bullshit. Yeah, I had a question Which about is... this multiverse aces with the recent news of Andrade not being able to work. Well, it says not being able to work Forbidden Door. I don't know if that's confirmed or if you just can't work New Japan uh, along with Penta, Phoenix and Ryu Lee. Uh, apparently, he says he can't do New Japan because of politics. Do the benefits of the CMLL partnership outweigh the negatives? Okay, I guess I'll ask what's what's the positive? <laughs> like, what's the benefit that we can? Fantastic mania, Titan, Titan. You know what I mean? Like, what's what's the benefit again? Remind me the fact right. that we who can are send the big stars to... that we can use from CMLL that are outweighing the likes of Andrade and Penta and Phoenix and Ruli because I'm not seeing any. Neither am I. Sorry, uh, you know, it just it's just not there. And again, I understand the fact that we have this relationship where we can, you know, put talent down there for uh, you know excursions and all that. Wonderful. I don't know. Like to me, a dumb fucking pro wrestling nonsense partnership in this day and age where. Everyone is struggling to make a buck. We're do, we're doing this still, like we're we're still here in this archaic fucking mindset. It is crazy. So that's where I'm at with this show. It's it's on paper as we sit here right now until anything else is announced. I'm lukewarm to it. Are there possibilities that it could, it, it could, it could get better? Yes. Yes, there are. Um, but until they're in stone, I, I, how could I, you know, how could we get excited? Here is something you could be excited for. Uh, Pro Wrestling V1 says, is there a pre-Forbidden Door J-Cast gathering plans? Is Joel making it to oh. Chicago or is it just Damon? Well, I will definitely not be there, much like Kazuchika Okada. No, definitely not going. But Damon, you are interested in doing a meetup. Talk I'm to thinking, us. Of, well, not more than thinking about it. Um, well, I'm kind of like, all right, you know, it's been a long time. Um, been a long time since we rock and rolled, kids. Uh, so uh, I'm going to throw it out there. Now, keep in mind, uh, I'm not calling a fucking place and reserving 400 tables and doing all that nonsense. That that fucking won't happen. Um, but I will say this. Before Forbidden Door at the United Center, I will be at a a lovely beer and 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 brats and bacon is their uh, so it's called um, Kaiser Tiger Kaiser Tiger and it's you could walk to the United Center 
eh, maybe a little bit long of a walk. I don't recommend it, but they have a shuttle that apparently takes to and fro. So it's like a beer garden with these unbelievable fucking sausages and bacon and all this shit. So that's where I'm going to be before Forbidden Door. When I'm in my luxury suite, my Voices of Wrestling, Voices of Wrestling luxury suite that uh, I will be in. We are, uh, we will be living high on the hog, if you will, with an open bar, Joel. I sold, I got to send you this fucking menu. It is fantastic. Top shelf liqueur. Uh, I will be, uh, so even if the show sucks, uh, trust me, I'll get my money's worth. <laughs> you know me. Um, so anyway, um, uh, look it up, Google it. It's called Kaiser Tiger. It's a beer garden. It's walkable to the United Center. There's a shuttle that goes there. I'll be there before the show, uh, probably like two or three hours before the show. Just, you know, you'll, you'll know it's me. I'll be the only fucking asshole with the Toronto Maple Leafs hat on, probably. Um, but, yeah, so let's let's plan on that. If you feel like going, hit Joel up. That would be a great idea. Hit Joel up with a little DM action, if you could. Um, and then I'll, I'll see if I can use our Discord spot. as well. I'll meet up. Yes, or Discord. Yeah, that would be a good idea, too. So, again, the name of the joint. I'm not calling them. I'm not re- doing all this nonsense, but that's just where I'll be. If you want to meet up, I would love to see you. Kaiser Tiger. Look it up. That's where I'll be before um, Forbidden Door. Yeah, I've looked it up now, and on the side of the building, painted in huge letters, it says sausage, bacon, and beer. Three of the best mm-hmm. things. So definitely going to have <laughs> a good time there. Should be nice. I mean, it looked look like a fucking great place. And like I said, get a couple get a couple in you, hop over to the show, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll have some good times. We'll have, we'll, here's the thing. We're definitely going to have some fucking good times. Good times are going to happen. Whether we, you know we have we got to force the hand or not, so um, yeah, let's do that. Let's do Kaiser Tiger and and uh, smiles all around. All right, let's talk about Dominion six twelve in Osaka Joe mm-hmm. Hall, which took place last Sunday. Overall thoughts on the show, Damon? It was it was lots of fairly short matches. A lot of them just sort of washed over me. I thought it was a solid show, pretty entertaining with a great main event. How are you feeling about it? Pretty much the same. And I'll go one step further for you. I thought this was Jay White's crowning achievement. To me, he was spectacular in this match. Now, I'm going to I'm going to put a little asterisk there in the sense of you're not this is a Jay White match. Right. So, you know, you kind of have an idea of what's happening, not in so much interference, but working, healing it up, um, just being an an insufferable asshole (laughs) during this match. Uh, And I thought he you know what the thought occurred to me? Jay White is better and I'm going to and I don't care who the fuck. I think Jay White is a better all-around heel than MJF. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Jay White's the total package. I, I really yep. like MJF. He's got a lot of things going for him. I think he's improved tremendously in the ring. A lot of people kind of hand wave his wrestling, but I think he's got a lot better. I think he's a good wrestler, but Jay White is a great wrestler. Yep. And he ticks all the boxes for everything you need, not just for a great heel, but just for a great pro wrestler all round. He, I'm sure he's more than capable of being a tremendous baby face as well. Maybe we'll even get there. But 
I, I, one of the big debates coming out of this was the promo. Who had the better heel promo this year, Jay White or MGF? Which, again, I'm leaning more towards Jay White on this one, but it's a great conversation to have, both tremendous talents. But yeah, Jay White, I mean, Liam asks, do people who doubt Jay White's ability to be a megastar have literal brainworms? I mean, he was talking about this on the Discord and, and the booking of Jay White. And us and other people were thinking, oh, you know, he missed the G1 last year. He's been stagnating in the US. His, he was. His, his powers dropped. You know, he's not the huge star that he was at the end of Wrestle Kingdom following that match with Ibushi. Can he get back to where he was? And you see his first match back, he immediately beats the top star in the company for the top title, clean as a whistle. I mean, there was a bit of bullshit during the match, but when it came down to that closing stretch, he won it clean. Mm-hmm. That tells you everything you need to know about where this company, CJ White, he is he is their guy for the future. And, you know, comparing the booking with him with future, with, uh, previous Bullet Club leaders they had, he is sort of on that level with Devitt. And you, do you feel that AJ Styles and Kenny Omega were sort of stopgaps? And fantastic stopgaps, don't get me wrong, like all-time great wrestlers. But in terms of guys that are New Japan products, you know, built in their dojo, and guys that they feel long-term they're going to give the ball to and run with, they're going to build the future of the company around, it feels like Jay White is absolutely on that level. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that the homegrownness of it is uh, makes it a little bit more special. Um, and again, I think AJ Styles was unbelievable in 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 his role in Bullet Club, and and Kenny Omega too, Kenny Omega too. Um, but I think what we have right here with Jay is young, um, incredibly talented. Um, incredibly smart um just he's not a, a guy who's going to rush through things like you never have to worry about him just rushing and and working too fast and 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 like we talk a lot about like how Tanahashi makes everything count like if there is a heel that makes everything count it's Jay White um, and that's going to be I, good for his career longevity as well, isn't it? Because he's not doing balls to the wall, you know, Osprey style matches where you think, gosh, how long can this last in terms of his career? He is working a style where, you know, he could should be able to go another 10, 15, maybe 20 years. It's it's not, you know, I'm, I'm looking at him thinking that he could be sticking around for a very, very long time in this company. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my biggest fear at, at this point is, you know, somebody just rolling up the Brinks truck for him, <laughs> you know, like my biggest fear is that he's so good that, you know, everybody's got to know. And I'm hoping new Japan has some pretty deep fucking pockets because you, you, that's one guy you don't want to lose again, because he's young and he's just incredibly talented now. Like imagine him in five years, imagine him in, in eight years. Like I like it's kind of unbelievable, and I will say this too, Joel. You are right. For a a good stretch, a year, this guy was, you know, off everyone's radar. It it, you know, we we joked about you know, him getting on a fucking plane, 
and where is he? And, and, and why would he come? Because he's living the great life with his, with his wife and on the farm and all that shit. I mean, lordy low. In a month. Less than a month. This motherfucker. Boom. Right, right, right back. And here's another thing, too. Like, we, we can bitch him on about New Japan's booking a lot. Not when it comes to the heavyweight title, for the most part. I mean, you know, evil aside and all that shit. Um, like, like, he feels like a fucking, not just a star, but like a megastar. He really does. And, and for the people who don't get it, uh, boy, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else you would, would need aside from the match that happened, you know, last week, that, that match to me was, was a masterclass in, in, in being a bad guy. So good. I, I was so impressed. Um, he's he's the king of the story match, isn't he? I mean, you, this one, and that Ibushi match at Wrestle Kingdom, where that Ibushi match is telling the story of him just basically crumbling before our eyes, falling apart, unable to break down Ibushi and just, you know, looking again, what do I do? What do I do? And then that amazing post-match promo where he's like, this is Jamie speaking, help me, showing that vulnerability. But here, the story of the match being, he he built the whole match around the clap crowd and yeah. being angry with Okada, blaming him. Look what you did. This is your fault. How could you do this? And it's like the story being he went into that match trying to fix that problem. So he was the whole match trying to get the crowd to cheer for Ricardo. Come on, cheer for him, clap for him. And then towards the end of the match, he's like, fuck it. If you're not going to cheer for Ricardo, then I'm going to make you cheer for me. And he he got people cheering. I mean, that post-match promo, just absolutely brilliant stuff. First of all, the bit in the ring where he is (laughs) goading this Osaka crowd into shouting out and whooping and cheering and I don't know if that was ad-libbed or not but I thought that was a tremendous moment it really you know felt quite special and then the backstage promo afterwards where he's just basically took a torch to AEW and just effed their roster and built up about 10 different feuds in the space of three minutes just brilliant brilliant stuff the man's a genius he's he's incredibly talented and 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 you're right now and like I mean we know that the clap crowds are coming to an end soon, but like, how do you, how do you turn back now <laughs> after Jay White just, and, 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 and keep in mind, this is Osaka. And I think it was Kevin Kelly who said, you know, they're going to do what the fuck they want to do <laughs> for a long, you know what I mean? Don't tell them what to do. Cause they'll do the opposite. Um, he had him. Yeah. He, he had, he had them in the palm of his fucking hand. Um, yeah. I mean, again, this is not going to be a match that necessarily would be, you know, I don't know. Like, like he's so unlike every other New Japan pro wrestler in that spot. Like, it, he's just so different. And like, he, he feels like an absolute breath of fresh air, pardon the pun. You know you're going to an athletic, spectacular match with your Tanahashis, your Okadas, even your Naitos, your Abushis, all that. And then there's Jay White, who again, athletic, yes, of course, and and a great pro wrestling match, but just the the fucking small shit that he's able to do, um, 
and not really, you know, he's not going to Will Ospreay you to death. I don't know. I was, I was, I was totally impressed. Like, I, like, I have, I have, I, it, it's been building for a long time. Um, and then it cooled off. It definitely cooled off. I'm not going to lie. But in a, in a month, in a month's time, I have a newfound respect for Jay White. Absolutely. Adam says, did you notice that Carl and Gallows were doing the elite hand gesture while posing with Jay? What do you think this means? I mean, I'm, I wouldn't read too much into that. I think we're obviously heading, heading towards some sort of Jay White, Adam Cole few things down the line, but uh, I assume that's the direction it's going. But yeah, fantastic main event. Um, very happy with that. The semi-main event, let's work backwards through the card. That was Will Ospreay defeating Sonata in 12 minutes, 50 seconds for the vacant IWGP United States heavyweight title, which was not there. <laughs> I loved Ospreay going, where's the belt? You don't have the belt. This fucking company. That was good comedy. But nice tight 12 minutes. I thought this was a really good match. And I came away with this one thinking that I think Sonata has noticeably improved over the last six mm. to 12 months. He previously, when going into very technical or high-paced sequences towards the end of matches, fell apart and things would get sloppy and he'd blow spots and you'd think, oh, oh no, what's happening? But he stopped doing that. And I think he's having, quietly, he's having a really good year. I'm thinking about the Tanahashi match early in the year. That was tremendous. This match I thought was really good. Now, I'm not saying that, okay, he's going to be the, the top star in the company and let's build him up and go with that. But I have a newfound appreciation for the in-ring work of one, say, Sonata. So what did you think of the match? Um, I thought it was good. And I thought Sonata was good. But I did leave that match thinking, man, Will Ospreay is really good to pull the best out of Sonata. And you mentioned two guys, you know, Tanahashi and 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 Osprey. I mean, I would hope that you would have a very good match with those guys, right? Show me that shit against Evil. <laughs> you know what I mean, show me that shit against you know whomever. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Sonata is not the guy who's going to drag an inferior wrestler to a great match. He's not that guy. He's never going to be that guy. But. Prior to this point, he was not a guy who would consistently rise to the level of his opponents. It would happen sometimes. Like he was capable of having fantastic matches, but there was also an equal chance. You know, you could flip a coin whether you were going to get good Sonata or sloppy Sonata. But I think now he is more consistently managing to match the level of his opponents. Okay. Uh, two for two. I'll, I'll give you that. Um Consistency is is the key, and and I I am tipping my cap to him for these two performances. Okay. Let's see what else we got. Right? Let's see let's see if we can continue this streak. Is all I'll say. Next, we have the eighth match, which was the Never Openweight Championship match, where Carl Anderson with Doc Gallows defeated Tamatonga <laughs> in sixty minutes and twenty eight seconds. So. Yeah, so a lot to unpack here. So this was Carl Anderson's first match, his first singles match back in New Japan. I thought it was good. I was impressed. Uh, obviously, he was not dogging it. And he did reference that in the backstage promo, which was very, very funny and made uh, Luke Gallows laugh. So that's definitely worth checking out. But I thought it was a, a very good match. Maybe went a little bit too long. Kind of lost me a bit in the middle. But overall, I would say that it delivered. I was very surprised, actually, that... Carl Anderson won because you kind of expect the never overweight champion to be 
in the G1 climax. So that definitely raised my eyebrow. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of storyline stuff going into this. Anger says, have there been any other student versus teacher matches between Westerners like Tamba versus Carl? Happens with Japanese guys a lot, but it's not a trope I see often in the West. Very good match, I thought. And Bash says, where do you think we see a never title rematch at Forbidden Door or in an Impact series mm-hmm. uh, since Tamba is in the G1 and Carl is not in it? It was definitely an interesting switch of the belt. So what did you think of the match and the outcome of the match? It's surprising. I, I, I will say that. I, um, I mean... I don't know why they what like why would you do that? <laughs> like I don't understand why why like that's what what after the match I guess that that's that was the biggest why why would I, you I guess that? they want to make Carl Anderson look like a guy. If you bring him back his first match and he's losing to Tamatonga, then you can sort of oh, okay, well this guy's a not even a mid carder like below that. So I understand why they wanted to give Carl Anderson the win. Okay. Uh, now I'm not going to I'm not going to say they're in the same stratosphere or even in the same fucking boat but it's okay to fucking for Doc Gallows to you know to look like a fucking boob and Carl Anderson has to get a win to look strong yeah At I mean, the <laughs> they're very different levels of talent aren't they they are they are but okay but but and and again at the at the expense of Tamatanga, who could have definitely used that fucking win, could have definitely you know benefited from from mm-hmm. you know a, a successful title defense. I don't know. I was just kind of left scratch scratching my head, like okay, like the never title on Impact is that important to you guys? And here's the thing. I mean, as of right now, are they on Forbidden Door? No. Right? Are they scheduled to be on the Forbidden Door? No. What's the point? Yeah, I would have had time to keep the belt. I think him going into the G1 Climax as the Never Champion would have been good for him. Uh, would have liked to see some successful title defenses. So, yeah, it left me scratching my head, but did you enjoy the match? Did you did it live up to your expectations? Did you come away from this thinking, okay, Carl Anderson's good actually? Carl Anderson is good. And and that that post match interview was exactly exactly what we we say. You know, when it's time to get the tap on the shoulder, he he can fucking go. No doubt. I again, I just was just left scratching my head of the I thought the match was fine. I don't think it was anything great. I don't think it was anything any anybody needs to go out of their way to watch. Yes. I, but I was just mesmerized and perplexed by the idea of why would you give him the title? It just makes no sense to me. I'm sorry. The one thing that, that, that I, the only thing I can say is maybe, maybe, maybe with Tamatanga being in G1, I mean, he's going to have to lose more than he wins. Don't you think? And if he's got the never title, he can't do that. Right. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember who was the never what well, was Jay White who was the never champion going into last year, so he wasn't in it either. So that's a fucked up my theory. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from Arena Club. 
Repack.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slap packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net, arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. All right, well, uh, Phoenix says the Never brand has been defunct for years. Do you think the open belt, open weight belt should be converted to have IWGP branding? No, I think it would be a tragedy if we lost out on the new blood, evolution, valiantly eternal, radical name value, <laughs> which has a, a near and dear place in my heart. So I say keep it as the Never open weight championship, just for that wonderful a- acronym alone. Um, okay, the seventh match on the show was the KOPW 2022 championship match with Shingo Takagi defeating Taichi in 10 minutes with an 11 to 10 score in a pinfall scramble match. This was, I thought, really, really good. This is a subversion of the usual match structure. Like they got their the big striking exchange out of the way early. They were sort of trying to soften each other up. And just the drama at the end with Taichi desperately going for multiple pinfalls and Hail Mary pinfalls, Shingo kicking out at zero, like right as the buzzer went down. And again, there I say it, KPW is good now. If they continue to come up with creative stipulations like this, where they 
coming up with interesting situations, creating drama from unusual and underutilized aspects of pro wrestling. This is more, well, this is not what I expect from KBW, actually. I was expecting like ladder matches, table matches, you know, sort of the WWE style uh, gimmick matches. But this has gone in a very new and interesting direction and I hope they can keep it up. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at the way this match was constructed in, in the sense of, they had the, you know, I guess what Tai Chi was down by, what, four or five with like a minute to go. And he hits, uh, uh, you know, a, a maneuver. And now he's got to go, uh, you know, hit something else to, to make up the one that he, that he, or two that he was behind or whatever. It was. But I'm just, I find it amazing how they're like the guys working the match, Shingo and, and Tai Chi. And even, I don't even know who was roughing the match, but I'm sure he had some, some, you know, work in that as well just how they were able to magically tie it all together like think about the complexity of that like okay so we're going to work this match and i'm going to stretch out a lead but then you need to come back but you can only come back to, to two points and we and in the final minute we have to have a you know an epic struggle of you trying to make up these you know what i mean like this is not just okay hit the finish one two three and we'll get the fuck out and get beers like like they actually like the, the the structure of the match, which I find incredibly entertaining, um, is weird, right? Like like the the people working the match, that's that's to be able to do that and make it fit and not try and, and shoehorn it in. I thought they really did an amazing job, and they, you know they did it before, but like just the, the fact that they're able to do that, it fucking mesmerizes me. I love it. Yeah, uh, just it's the sort of thing that you would do if you were in that situation. If you were like, fuck, I'm down, you know, three pinfalls, you would just be I guess, desperately going for pinfall after pinfall after pinfall. And that's what happened, but it just gradually became less and less effective. So it had a real uh, element of uh, sort of realism to it, which I appreciated. Okay, then the sixth match was the. No, is this the sixth match? I can't remember. The AW Interim Championship Elimination match where Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Hiroki Goto 12 minutes 40 seconds by a high five blow. So Tanahashi. Advances to face John Moxley at Forbidden Door. Dream is dead. I'm heartbroken. It, it was bullshit. Gotta definitely had a three count halfway through that match. Um, it was fine. This was like a TV match. Yep, yep. Um, which, which to me is a little bit sad. Um, but yeah, I mean, a TV match is a great description. Like a. a Again, imagine if Tanahashi and Goto wrestled a TV match. That's exactly what this was. Perfect, perfect analogy. Uh, good, nothing great. All right. Then it was the IWGP tag team title match with United Empire, Great Khan and Jeff Cobb, or Khan on the Cobbs, given their correct name, uh, defeating Bullet Club, Bad Luck Farley, and Chase Owens in 10 minutes, 56 seconds by Tour of the Islands. So Cobb and Khan are the new IWGP tag team champions. Rightful champions. Yes. Bit Rightful of a nothing champions. match. It was fine. It was short. It was interesting that they built it around Great O'Khan getting the hot tag because you would normally expect Jeff Cobb to be in that spot. I'm glad Conor Cobb got the titles back. Uh, I enjoyed the pathetic running from Rocky Romero at the end. So I'm assuming Rapongi Bice are going to be involved in something with them and FTR at Forbidden Door. But yeah, just a, a nothing match really. Yeah, it was... Uh... It, it, here's what it was. It was a vehicle to, for them to get the titles back, and and I think we're all happy with that. Um, 
do you ever think like why why did we even do that like what would have been the harm of them just beating chase and Fala <laughs> instead of having to go through all this like like we just wound up at the same fucking spot just we all, all we did was kill time it feels like all we my did only was theory time. was that they, they wanted was to... to plan all along i don't understand what's the point of of this maybe they wanted to make chase and Fale look strong because they were going to put them both in the g1 Is that a good enough reason for them to G1. win the tag titles? Right, maybe. All right, let's I mean, talk about I... the G1 lineups then. Uh, yeah. So we got the announcements in I the guess. middle of the show. I mean, that's... All right. I think we're slightly out of sync. Should we just power through it? Well, we are now. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I just you, you keep dropping in and out. But yeah, I, I got you now. Okay. So... We got our G1 Climax announcements. We have 28 people. We have four blocks of seven. We're going back to the old year 2000 format where we're going to have semifinals and then the final night we'll have the finals with that wonderful music track from the VTR, one of my favorite New Japan songs, that theme. And I suppose what I want to talk about is uh, the people who got the biggest pops out. Lance Archer got a huge reaction. Like the, the Japanese fans were thrilled to hear him coming back. So whilst people who are sort of the more casual Western fans might be disappointed that there wasn't other AW talent. It's a no brainer to put Lance Archer in because this is a lineup that is geared towards their home base. I think if you're looking for a G1 lineup that they're trying to sell as many tickets as possible to Japanese fans, this is it. You could tell from the, the reception that Lance Archer got uh, ELP got a huge pop as well. People really excited to see him in the lineup. Filthy Tom Lawler. There was a good reaction to that. Uh, also return of Jay White and Kenta. People were really excited. Like maybe they didn't expect guys like Osprey and Jay White to be back this year and, and Kenta being healthy enough to work it. They were obviously very excited about that. And, and even Finley got a good pop there. So I think it's a, a strong lineup, maybe not the sexiest for the casual Western fan, but one where, I mean, at the end of the day, when it comes to the G1, it's for New Japan more about using the talent that they already have on their books rather than the fun cross-promotional stuff that you get in Best of the Super Juniors. Because in Best of the Super Juniors, you know, they don't have enough of their own full-time uh, native talent to run uh, two blocks of 10. So they do have to reach out to outside companies and you get a more of an international flavor. But G1 is not about that. G1 is about, look, we've got these guys, we're going to use them and you know, bringing in some names that, might get some uh, boosted ticket sales in Japan. Uh, how are you feeling about the lineups? Well, look, I think everybody kind of got, got a little frothy at the idea of um, outside people coming in for G1. And, you know, if you look at it, and I think a, a, an, another problem is that you had a lot of these AEW guys talking about, oh, I would love to be in G1. If Tony sent me over there, I it, it would be great, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the reality of it, though, is you're right. It, it, this is uh, about the talent that's here. Keep in mind, this is this is a month-long tournament. This is major guys in AEW cannot afford from a storyline perspective, from a from a uh, promotional perspective, from whatever, you know, and the honest to God truth. I mean, injuries have played a part in it, I'm sure. But, you know, the fact that they're going to be away from their families for 
a, a you know a good solid month you know when when it really comes down to it that's that's a big deal now uh i also think that look at the names that they did bring in there 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 is familiarity with new japan already i mean lance archer uh tom lawler you know these are people that are you know they're they're the company guys <laughs> right um Archer aside, you know, he's an AEW guy, but let's be honest here, you know, he's probably more famous for, for his New Japan stuff. Um, I like the fact Hanari's in it. I think that's a well-deserved one. Um, I would have loved to have seen more surprises. I think everybody would. But again, the reality of it is, is that they're not going to call all Japan. They're not going to call Noah. They're not going to call all these people and and speaking of which speaking of noah gee, correct me if i'm wrong joel didn't we have an announcer from noah uh make a comment to you about wait until g1 lineups or i'm going to screenshot did you remember that one you remember that one joel um that man says a lot of things. I did tend to not really pay too much attention. I'm just saying. Well, listen, we got the receipts. We got the fucking receipts. Noah from Noah. And and I'll go so far as to say uh, that even Kojima's not even in G1. <laughs> so what do you think of that title? No, yeah, I was a GHC heavyweight champion. Right, why would he be in? not even good enough to make the cut for the Grade One Climax? Apparently, good enough to exactly. be the, the top guy in the other. There you go, there you go, and uh, direct all direct messages to. <laughs> uh, we're just kidding, kids. We're just having a little fun, a little laugh, a little laugh. All right. Uh, anything else on this show that we need to uh, discuss? I want to talk more about this G1. So uh, I think just a few interesting oh. takeaways here. We have fewer matches this time. So there'll be 87 matches instead of 91. And of course, each of the wrestlers will be wrestling six matches instead of nine. So I think that's a bonus. It's going to be less sort of physically taxing on them. And they're also, the, the, there's a, a good report on this on the Voices Wrestling Patreon, talking about things like spreading out the talent to protect money matches. Um, we can have some Bullet Club versus Bullet Club stuff. I think there's six Bullet Club guys by my count, so there's going to be lots of shenanigans in that match. Uh, talking about El Fantasmo's rise. I mean, how about that ELP getting in the G1? I think that's a great move. And one of the low-key success stories of this year has been the elevation of El Fantasmo. So I, I think well-deserved. I'm excited to see what he can do in the G1 climax. Uh, of course, uh, I think it says here Tangaloa would have been in it. So yeah, he obviously he's got shoulder injury, so he can't be. So maybe a few things were changed around at the last minute because he was not able to make it. Uh, Jay Reezy Min says, is it good use of my man Lance Archer for the G1 this year? Uh, Morning Progress says, do you think some fans are being unreasonable being let down by Archer being the AW representative in the G1? It's not like New Japan can unilaterally pick anyone they want from AEW. At least it's someone who totally makes sense being in the G1 and is popular with the Japan crowd. And the Jay Stands for Jess says, will we see New Japan become the hottest and best promotion again if Lance Archer beats everybody in the G1 and wins the title with ease in two minutes? So, yeah, I mean, to me, the Lance Archer thing is a no-brainer, as I've talked about. And look, let's be real. If Tony Khan had allowed and said to New Japan, yeah, you can use Danielson and Moxley and Hangman, you think New Japan are saying, oh, no, thank you. We've got our own guys. If they those guys were on the table, they would be in the G1. So I think this is just the case of something that's mutually beneficial. Lance Archer's not doing anything. He's a great addition for the domestic fans. And 
if there were a bigger talent available, I'm sure New Japan would have taken them, right? I I, I can't see why they would, right? Um, they would they would be they would be silly not to. So yeah, I mean, again, the idea of our fantasy booking, um, you know, it's a wonderful thing, but it's it's fun to dream. Eventually, you would think some of these matches will occur. I guess we have to be a little bit patient now. We've had some whispers as well. We don't have blocks yet, but that there might be a big boy block. They might put all the big lads together in one block. So Ooh. if that happens, that's a, another scoop for the Super J cast. Uh, I, I think that would be pretty cool. You know, put all the guys like Fale and Archer and Jeff Cobb and Jonah all in the same block. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know how they're going to organize it, if it's going to be every night has an A block, B block, C block, and D block match, or if it's just going to be all A block on a given night. Uh, so that's going to be something to be interesting to look at when the, the block come out. Uh, Cashew is like, says, do you think the four bracket G1 will be only for this year? Would you like to see it continue this way after 2022? Also, why do you think New Japan did it this way as opposed to the classic two block format? I just think they had a lot of guys that they wanted to use and, and all the, the advantages that I've listed out, being able to protect those money matches and have fewer matches. It's less of a physical strain on their talent. And, you know, as we're seeing injuries piling up across wrestling, that can only be a good thing. Uh, do I think they're going to keep it? Well, we'll see how it goes this year. I personally, I like to have it as the 20, like you can say, these are the, the 20 best guys in the company and it's got that prestige. It does feel a little bit watered down when, you know, with, with the greatest respect, having people like you, Jerome Fuddy, you don't really need them in there per se. So I was happy enough with the 20, but I understand the reasons why they've expanded it. Um, the Karina Crow says, if there was to be a G1 winner who has yet to ever win it in this set, who would be your preferred pick to put it off? And Violet Skipping says, blocks to be confirmed, but who could you see being in the mix in the blocks in the semis and in the final? So I suppose the interesting thing here is we could have some fresher names winning their block and uh, elevating some people. So is there anyone from that list that you think would be fun as a either a first-time block winner or maybe winning the tournament outright? Uh, I would be looking at great Okan. I would love Os to see him Osprey. win the block. I think Okan would be great. I think Osprey would be great. Um, I'm trying to think of people like that have not won. Um, Shingo, they did Shingo mm -hmm. win? Shingo didn't win. No, um, yeah, he, he could be think. a good block winner. Uh, I mean, those are names that are, that that would be nice to see. I think of those names, I think Osprey's probably the the best, the the most likely to have happened. Um, and also to kind of double back on on, uh, will will this stay the same? Keep in mind. It, this, they've done this for just about everything possibly they could do with the 50 year celebration, right? So everything's bigger and better. Um, so I don't know if they'll do the same. Um, it's kind of hard to go back in time, but you know, it's pro wrestling. If, if, if they, if they, if they feel it's necessary, they will. But I think the 50th um, might have something to do with that as well. Another interesting tidbit here from the uh, Patreon report from Voices Wrestling on their $10 tier. You're going to throw them some money. Uh, Ishii was one of the last men in. So that's a bit of a surprise. One day, and it's probably going to come sooner rather than later, Ishii will not be included in the G1 and people are going to lose their shit. And I think it will be a sad day, but let's not forget this is a guy who's what, 46, nearly 47. Uh, so yeah, time catches up with all of us in the end. Um, all right, so the fourth match of the show was the Never Openweight Six-Man Tag Team Championship where House of Torture, Evil Show, and Yudro defeated Kanemaru, Zack Sabre Jr., and Desperado in 9 minutes 26 seconds. The show got the pin over Kanemaru with the shock arrow. 
again, I keep saying it, this is the perfect spot for how to torture. I think they're great here. They, they've got a very different reign to the Chaos reign. You know, we are not getting 36-minute epic Korakun Hall main events. That's not happening. But I think this is for the, you know, the fourth match of a 9-10 match show. This is absolutely fine. You know, nine minutes long. This is perfectly adequate for the spot it's been given. Yeah. I mean, you got guys that do you really want that epic 30 minute match? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. It's a, it is a perfect spot. And we've said this before, like them winning the titles was, was just perfection because they're, they're tied up with these titles and, and that's not to say evil and house of torture can't be um, involved in other programs, but right. Doesn't it feel like it's like that whole situation has cooled da- down tremendously. And I think everybody appreciates that. It's a perfect spot. And and you don't there's a time and a place for everything in pro wrestling. And if it's if it's there on a show, I got no fucking problem with it. And I'll go so far as to say, you know, it, it it's it's a palate cleanser. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Bit of variety. I like it. I'm a fan. Yep. yep. Uh, shows he's doing his loaded boot gimmick. Uh, so Errol Hem says, when and how will it be made clear that House of Torture Boys are not actually Bullet Club? And will they pick up some more members this year? Yeah, I think they, there will definitely be a bit of shuffling around. I would not be surprised if there are new members of the House of Torture by the time uh, the year is up. And of course, in the post-match for this, uh, Zach Sabre Jr. called out Brian Danielson. So as we discussed before, you'd hope that something is announced for Forbidden Door for that. Uh, third match was <laughs> uh, Toriano defeating Doc Gallows in four minutes. <laughs> with the finishing move NU3, it's called. Uh, Elliot says, what was the point of Yano beating Gallows in a four-minute match to set up some kind of program down the road or to make us all contemplate the futility of human existence? I mean, David, my working theory is that it was all to keep Gallows out of the G1, but four minutes long, we can't really complain about that, although it is a strange match, probably not worthy of being on Dominion. I mean, this is the kind of match you'd expect to see on a Road 2 show rather than the second biggest show of the year. Yeah. Um, it was the mercifully four minutes, right? I win. I win our bet. I said we're all. You win. Yeah, we had a bet last week. We we did the over under on five minutes. What are you winning? I can't. I don't know what the stakes were, but I'm pretty sure we made that bet. Oh, really? Okay. What do I owe you? Uh, A strong zero next time we are together in Japan again. Yes. Well, listen, I would, I would be very happy to do that. No, I mean, no, if answer buts, no bet. Even if there was no bet, I would be happy to do that. All right, and our top two matches were, well, first two matches: Ishimori, Ace Austin, El Fantasmo defeating Hiromu, Naito, and Bushi. So ELP pin Bushi eight minutes four seconds with the CR two, and then the opening match: Hinari, Francesco Akira, TJP defeating Tenzan, Wata, and Taguchi. So Hinari picked up the pin over Tenzan. It was a submission win with. Uh, Ultima, yeah. his submission move. So, I mean, I'm just looking at those two matches thinking they, they were signposting Hinare and ELP entering the G1. So that's why they picked up the wins there. So uh, that is Dominion. What did you think of the show overall? I thought it was good. I mean, uh, I think the main event helped it. I think some of the secondary matches were were, were good. Um, I don't think this is a show of the year contender by any stretch. Um m- Again, the, the the undercard was kept short. Some of the matches will will let you, you know, you'll you'll be scratching your head. But I think the main event is well worth the watch, if just for Jay White. 
you know. Uh, and, and again, Okada being great as well. But I think the main event really was a special match, a very special match. All right, let's have a... Oh, I've got a question here, actually, from Let's Groove tonight. He says, what do you all make of Meltzer's comment that New Japan's booking is sub-WWE level at the moment? I think it's a little harsh, but it does seem the company Ooh. has lost some of the momentum it seemed they had going into Best of Super Juniors due to some questionable booking decisions. I mean, he's, he's saying this now. <laughs> Where was he? Where was he two years ago? <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, I mean... I I don't I don't think I think it's gotten better, don't you? I mean, what 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 booking wise is terrible right now? Like, tell me what. I mean, there's things that again you're scratching your head. Carl Anderson winning the never, okay. Um, that I mean you're not going to die on that hill, but like what what where's the problem? What what yeah, what's I, the problem? I think the big picture stuff with the important titles, the booking has been good. And I'm enjoying the product. And look, we're, we we can't sit here and lie to you and say that yeah, New Japan is exactly as healthy as it was at the beginning of 2020. We know that well, two things: the pandemic and the existence of AW is fucking torpedoed uh, a lot of the the boom and the buzz and the interest in, in New Japan. We we acknowledge that. We're not going to sit here and lie to you. But at the same time, I still it, oh, don't press that. Sorry, Esther's doing a running now. Uh, at the same time, I I still think it's a very very good product, and I enjoy watching it. So fuck you. <laughs> oh Jesus, my lord. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I agree. Well, I mean, I, I would just be repeating the same thing as you, but I'm I'm with you on on that. And the fuck yous too. I'm with you. Oh, look at this picture. I got a beautiful picture. A beautiful child. <laughs> yeah, she just she, every of... time we record the podcast, there'll be a point sort of as we approach the end where there's a little knock on the door and her little Esther's sleepy, fluffy face, uh, fluffy head pokes around the corner and she comes and gets involved. She's playing with the El Desperado piggy bank. She's enjoying that. Day ah. you sent. Can I ask a question of, of your parenting at, at, yeah. at this point in the show? Why does your kid have a Christmas yeah. fucking shirt on? <laughs> <laughs> Esther, why are you wearing a Christmas shirt? Why you got a Christmas shirt on, kid? She just loves Christmas. What can I say? It is the best festival. Esther, do you love Daddy? Esther, say, I love you, Daddy. Say, I love you, Daddy. No, selling me. Wow. What a betrayal. Yeah. I guess because you made fun of her shirt. Yeah. Sorry, Esther. All right. uh, Let's talk about these Coracle and Hall shows that are coming up Mm. next week. So Monday, June the 20th, we've got Fujita versus Hinare. We've got, oh, I can't be bothered to read all these matches. I'll tell you the important ones. Uh, the fifth match, we've got the AW All-Atlantic Championship Qualified First Round. <laughs> Tomaki Honma versus Clark Connors. And then the sixth match, the, the other qualifier, Tomohiro Ishii versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, so the winners will meet the following day. Uh, who, have we, who have you got? Who do you think is winning in these brackets? <laughs> I mean, just the sort of casual disrespect shown to these titles. Honma versus Clark Connors. I mean, Ishii versus Kanemaru, that's fine. But Honma versus Connors is like tremendous stuff. I love that very, very much. I mean, I'm assuming it's Clark Connors against Ishii. I think that could be a fun singles match. And Ishii goes on to that. I think it's a four-way for that All-Atlantic Championship. But uh, this, this sure is something, isn't it, Damon? It sure is. Just what the world needs is this fucking. Where's Where's Tomatonga to chuck a fucking title in a trash can? We need him right now. <laughs> um, I, and I I'll say this: 
I don't think it's a guarantee Clark Connors wins. You think it's a guarantee? Uh, what, you think Ishii versus Honma is a direction? Yeah. yeah. Just fuck it, why not? <laughs> just just for the banter. Let's do it. I like <laughs> Honma. I think he's good. You love him. Yeah. You love him. And you think he's... Uh, He's one of my favorite. Running wild. Running wild. All tanned up and ready to go. Kokeshi's for everyone. Um, what a what an absolute throwaway <laughs> this this title is. Like, like I like seriously, this is this is the scandal of the year. <laughs> this, this is this is New Japan's scandal of the year. Oh my lord. They might as well just take the belt and shit on it in the middle of the ring. <laughs> this, this lineup, this, this, these qualifying matches. Shut the fuck up! Holy moly! I mean, are you? Give me a scale of one to ten of how interested you are in this nonsense. Uh, I'm quite interested, actually. What? Yeah, I mean, for the, the New Japan offerings, I just think the the approaching it through the lens of who did New Japan book. And how much did they know about it? It just just screams like last minute scrambling. Ah, uh, we've got to fill up this on the roster. Who have we got? Who's not doing anything? All right, Clark, Honma, you're in. <laughs> so from that aspect, I think it's quite interesting. I, you know, am I interested in investing in the prestige of this style? Absolutely not. But just looking at it from uh, examine it from a viewpoint of the relationship between the two companies and you know, <laughs> cocaine fueled booking from one end and. Uh, the other side of the company being like, oh fuck, we've got to get some guys for a tournament. Who we got? I think that's quite funny. Yeah, it it, it kind of is actually. You know, it's just the the sheer absurdity of it. All right, look, I guess um, this title, like, what the fuck? Uh so Ishii's winning this, right? Yeah. So Ishii's going, and he's going to be the representative in this tournament. How many fucking matches are going to be on this Forbidden Door show? There's going to be like 200 matches. Yeah, I was, honestly, I'm exhausted with the, all the arguing. It was mainly yesterday arguing about the booking of Forbidden Door. Just just wake me up when the card's actually announced. Wake me up when the show's starting. I'll watch it. I'll have a good time. But just the endless debating. Oh, is this guy going to be there? Whose fault is this? Why have they not announced this? Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's fucking exhausting. And one of the things I was dreading with this partnership between the two companies. But there's been uh, plenty to laugh at along the way, so there's that. Uh, also, main event of this show, we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships with Taguchi and Watto defending against Francesco Acura and TJP. Do you think we're in for a title change here? Yes. Yes, I do. I think uh, that would make plenty of sense, wouldn't it? Maybe have a little title defense uh, <laughs> forbidden door. Add a match. Let's add them all! Um, I don't know if they'll be there or not, but I mean, again, the, I, I would think it's a good possibility they would be there if they win the titles, don't you think? Yeah, I just I don't know if both of them are sticking around in Japan, which uh, they, I don't see why they wouldn't. Then sure, you could do a bit of freshening up, like the junior tag division, get some fresh faces in there. Let's put the belts on TJP and Akira and let them hold it until Wrestle Kingdom, and let's get built in, in the in the meantime. We could be thinking about. Uh, another junior tag team. We need more junior tag teams. Uh, I will say this, there's a lot of involvement on these Row 2 shows with Hiromu and Bushi tagging together. So maybe they are going to have another crack at the uh, junior tag scene in the future. Um, Mm -hmm. Our main event on the second night, so Tuesday, June 21st, obviously, semi-main event, we're going to get the All-Atlantic Championship qualifier, which 
I'm assuming it's going to be Ishii versus Clark Connors. Could be Ishii versus Honma. Could be Kanemaru versus Honma. Could be Kanemaru versus Clark Connors. This is how tournaments work, Damon. <laughs> but the main mm-hmm. event is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship with best of the Super Junior winner Hiromi Takahashi defeating Taiji Ishimori. Still kind of scratching my head about why they chose to put this match on New Japan Road rather than Dominion. I would have preferred to have it at Dominion, but I suppose they're going to get more time and maybe they can sell a few more tickets this way. Do you think the title is going to change hands here? No. <laughs> is this the spot for Kushida to come back? That's... I think... So... I mean, what? All right, so let's do this. Let's say the title does change hands, right? If Hiromu, I because I, I I just think that Kushida and Hiromu is the natural program, right? Wouldn't wouldn't that be a nice little forbidden door thing? Well, right? you said that you thought Kushida and Ishimori had unfinished business mm-hmm. from their Wrestle Kingdom thirteen uh, match. Where yes, Ishimori just yeah. basically. Blew him out. It was a very dominant win. Right, but Ishimori's not scheduled to be on Forbidden Door, so that doesn't fit into my narrative, John. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, I mean, I, he's looking, they have him in their back pocket, you know? He's, uh, and this would be the time. These are the two guys. Is that a joke about him being small, Damon? <laughs> it is. It is. Sorry. Uh, is Adam Cole in that back pocket as well? Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to say something about looking at hands and shit. Um, they have it, right? So you would think it would be relatively soon. I mean, one of those two guys. So, uh, but um, do I think there's going to be a title change? I said no. Uh, probably a fifty-fifty. Sh- I, yeah, let's let's say yes. Do you think yes? I'm saying yes. I'm going to go with the upset. I think Ishimori retains, and I think Hiromu, Hiromu and Bushi are going to go and do some tag stuff. There you go. What do you think of that? Shit. I'll take that. Um, all right, let's move on to New Japan Strongmen. So this was a collision. I, I I believe you were there for these matches. Killer Cross versus Yuta Uemura. Is that a match you saw? Yeah. Yes. All right. So you've seen this. So great. We can have a discussion here. So, uh, yeah. So I, mean, uh, I was asleep. But... <laughs> All right. Well, let, I'll just run through the whole strong show and you can get your thoughts. Uh, so you, uh, so Killer Cross defeated you at Wemmer at 7 minutes, 48 seconds via referee stoppage from 12 to 6 elbows. Um, I mean, what is the ceiling for Killer Cross? I think he's a guy, you could build him up, give him more wins like this and then feed him to the strong champion. Like, I think we could have some fun matches just hypothetically. Killer Cross versus Fred Rosser. For if, if Fred Russell wins that strong open weight uh, title, that could be a, a fun match. So I would say that is the ceiling for Killer Cross. I don't think he's a guy that New Japan are going to be looking to fly over to Japan for tournaments anytime soon because uh, I don't think he's a very good wrestler. Uh, second match was Carl Fredericks defeating QT Marshall in 10 minutes, 20 sec- 21 seconds via MD. Surprisingly good match. Uh, and that's not me saying that doubting Carl Fredericks. I just, I not really watched QT Marshall. I don't know what he's capable of, but this was really fun. It was a, an appropriate payoff to what I think was a solid, well-built undercard feud. And you know, part of the AW partnership, whilst we, we poke fun at it, I think this is part that people won't talk about. Uh, but if we can have more feuds like this, you know, these undercard feuds that we can see on Strong and, and Dark or whatever those shows are on AW with the lower level AW talent who are not doing anything, giving some fun stuff with the strong young lines and, and the lower level 
car people like that, then I think it's a, a mutually beneficial thing. I think this is what an excursion should entail. Uh, now, let's be clear. I think Carl Fredericks ought to be above this. Uh, this is the sort of stuff I want to see guys like you uh, or doing, but it's a solid blueprint at least. So that brings us on to a discussion about Carl Fredericks because he was very, very upset about not being yes, in, he was. in the G1. Uh, I can see where he's coming from because he's a guy who promises were made. He thought in 2020 he was flying over. He was going to be in New Japan Cup. Uh, from what we understand, he was due to beat Kenta in that opening match and have a little run in the tournament. Rocket's trapped to him. He was going to be the next guy. So he's very, very upset, very disappointed, which I can understand. And I would definitely take Carl Fredericks above uh, you know, at least five or six of the names that were announced for the G1. So I would have had him in personally. Uh, but should he be tweeting about it? Should he be firing off all this stuff? Is that going to do more harm than goods? I don't know. I mean, other people have waited a long time for their chance. I mean, what did Finley say? He's been waiting seven years. Hinari's been Can waiting I? ages. They have bitten their tongue. They haven't gone complaining about it. So this is, the, you know, this is the company they work for. This is New Japan. It, and for the most part, it's going to be tenure over talent. The pandemic really fucked Carl and the injury as well. That did him no favours. So I do understand his frustration. And it is to some extent exposing flaws in the dojo system where, you know, guys have got to go through this excursion process come hell or high water. And it's very, very rarely that they deviate from that. And often, you know, it feels like you're wasting years of careers of guys who are ready to go now. I mean, you look at Yota Suji, you remember Ren Narita, these guys are ready for the New Japan main roster. So why they're fucking about in their black trunks, just because that's the way we've always done it. Some people would say that's a waste of time. Uh, how are you feeling about Carl Fredericks? I think they're wasting an opportunity with him. I really do. Like, like he's one of those guys we talked about Jay White and being young and being just so talented. And I'm not saying Carl Fredericks is Jay White, but you, you would have thought that by now there would have been something done with him. And how many times have we talked about strong and how many times have we talked to him? I mean, he's not even a top guy on strong. Is he, you know what I mean? Like something's not right there. And, and I get his frustrations. Um, in the same breath, Joel, you are right. Um, now there could be other circumstances that are, that are, that would make him fire off angry tweets, but it, and it, the, 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 the long and the short of it is I, they're fucking up. You got a talented guy. I don't, I don't understand what, what, what possibly could we be waiting for with Carl Fredericks? You know what I mean? Like, what, are, what are they waiting for? Like what's like? Just give them a meaningful program. Give them a meaningful program. How? Give them a meaningful program. I don't. I don't know what they're waiting for. Agreed. Um, and the main event on this show was Bullet Club team: Jay White, Juice Robinson, Hikolo, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson defeating Masako Dorado, Ren Narita, Rocky Romero, Chuck Taylor, Tomohiro Ishii. So Hikoleo pins Rocky. Twelve minutes forty three seconds following the choke slam. Uh, my only note here is Chuck Taylor has really let himself go. He he is not in good shape and he's covering up no. the best. Uh, I mean, good for him. I hope he's enjoying himself and living his best life. But uh, yeah, this is uh, a, a guy who, yeah, Let's, just, I'm, he likes I'm not going to say Philadelphia bars. Yeah. He likes his Philadelphia nightlife. I've 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 had many a few texts from people saying, "Ah, oh, he's uh he's out and about on the town out there and." Fishtown area. <laughs> so good for him. Listen, I've let myself go to. What do you think of that? 
But I know it's, that's shocking to you, Joe, but I, I put on a few pounds as well. So, um, I mean, wasn't he hurt, though, too? But didn't he get? No, I'm thinking of Trent. Maybe I'm thinking of him. Uh, who knows? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting flashbacks to when he was in New Japan doing that angle where he would get angry and cost uh, best friends the matches, which went absolutely nowhere. Good Lord. Um, all right, I've got a question here. I'm going to read Antonio's question this week. Uh, he all says, right. thoughts on Santa Claus giving you guys the Christmas presents in the summer, a.k.a. New Japan Strong Tag Team Championships. Ooh. I'm excited. We get some good stuff in there. West Coast Wrecking Crew. Um, the TMDK, we can get Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste can be in there. Uh, we've got, you know, Team Filthy we can have. We can have Carl uh, Anderson, Doc Gallows. I think there's a lot of fun stuff we could be doing in this tournament. Carl Fredericks and um, what's his name? Christopher Daniels are teaming up. They could be in this tournament mm-hmm. as well. So I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, let's do this. Let's put the let's put the straps on those two guys. That'd be fun. I would dig that. Um, yeah, it's a long time coming. It's 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 well needed. Like I, I complain about titles and we're just making up fucking titles and the world does not need enough. Strong needs tag titles. I I think it's I think it's an a an important title to have. So well done, New Japan. About fucking time. Um, Louis says, how about Kojima winning the GHC heavyweight title at Cyber Fight Festival? Do you think we'll see Kojima show up at New Japan at any point of his championship reign with the title? Um, I can't never say never. I mean, it's not like, uh, I mean, I remember when, uh, Yuji Nagato won the, what, all Japan tag team titles or he was showing up on shows with that. So I, I can't say that won't happen. Um. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm I am a little distracted because Joel sent me a text and uh, Lordy Lou, <laughs> just oh god. Again, get on that uh, VOW Patreon. If yes. you were someone who was thinking Jake Lee and T Hawk were going to be in the G1, you read this report. <laughs> I just yeah, burst out report. laughing when I read this paragraph. I know it's unbelievable. Uh, okay, I mean, you know, Oof. wow. Yeah, get on. Get honestly. That that's that that's a good investment. Like if you're looking for a little pro wrestling investment, that that's a good. That's a if there's if you're going to join a Patreon, eh, it might be a good one to join. Um, anywho, uh, yeah, Kojima. Do you find it amazing? And I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. And I and I did see online. Noah fans. Long time Noah fans just shaking their heads like, what the fuck is this promotion doing? Like, what are they doing? Um, Remember are, when we were praising them and saying how yeah. hot their product felt after Wrestle Kingdom yeah. Night 3? Yeah. We're, we're the kiss of death. <laughs> if we're talking about it, if we're, if we're, if we're fawning, over it, fawning over it, you know it's going to stink in about two months. <laughs> that's, that's, that, we're the kiss of death. With a plague. Ugh. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, Redcircle.com right. forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. If you want to throw some bucks our way, uh, the money bucks, not the young bucks. <laughs> ah! uh, Discord link, you can DM me on Twitter and I will send you a code. Uh, at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash super J cast for our wonderful t shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. Find him on Twitter at LazyHero219. And there's going to be some more great tunes coming up soon from Escape the Box. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other good shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye.